Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to our public podcast, Momentum Builders. I'm Brian Willett, your host. This specific episode is designed to give you insider access to experience what our private podcast sounds like. We understand it's nice to test something out before you buy it. So here's your chance to test us out before signing up for our program, Thriving Leaders University. So please enjoy this free access to get a taste of the vast library of resources that would be available to you if you sign up to be a client. So after listening, consider contacting us through our website, advisorgameplan.com. We exist to serve leaders like yourself. Enjoy. What's up? This is Brian Willett. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Advisor Game Plan. Welcome to the Thriving Leaders Podcast, our client-only private podcast. In each episode, we will take one topic from our game plan service model and dive deep into the best methods I've seen leaders execute. Then you can work with your advisor game plan coach to customize your approach to your unique situation. In your role as a leader, we believe you can change from surviving to thriving. All right, let's get to it. Episode five vision and passion statements. A vision is a really hard concept to grasp when you're first into leadership. It sounds simple. It sounds like, yes, I know I need to have this vision for my company and for my employees and for myself, but it is tougher than it looks to create and to create at a high level. And I think that's because it's a very arbitrary state. So let's talk about today, how do you create a vision effectively? And when your vision kind of seems like it's lost, it's oomph, it's, you're not as passionate about your vision as you used to be, you can also use this episode as a way to refresh your vision or rethink it or even start with a blank sheet of paper and find what that next passion is. In the second half of this episode, we're going to talk about passion statements and we're going to uncover how do you create a passion statement and how is that different from a vision statement? Yes, I've seen organizations where they can be very similar, if not almost identical, but in a lot of organizations, that's not true because it's two different audiences. So let's start there. Let's define the difference between a vision and a passion statement, top level, and then let's go deeper into each one for the rest of our episode. So first, the difference between vision and passion statements. A vision is something that is more internal focused, that is focused on your employees and the key stakeholders to your company internally and where you are going. It's something you would use in the recruiting process, probably. It's more internal focus. This is what we want to become. This is who we are striving to be. A passion statement, alternatively, is what you would create that you would blast from the hilltops. So is there a part of your vision statement that would be part of your passion that you're comfortable blasting from the hilltops? Absolutely. The public can know about a number of those things, but there's usually parts of your vision 
that maybe haven't completely been put together yet or in context wouldn't make sense to the public yet. And so you want to keep them more private internal as far as your key stakeholders and the people involved that would have context around that vision. And therefore that vision is a little bit more internal focused. Passion statement is external public focused. So let's dive into vision. What is a vision? How do you create it? Because like we've talked about on these podcast episodes, I understand and hear from you as leaders that, man, I've listened to this great podcast or I've read this great book and I know I need to have a good vision, but how do I do it myself? How do I get this implemented in my unique situation? So let's see if we can help here. A vision drives your business and your alignment of your people's actions should be aligned to your vision that you create. So let's think about that when we're creating a vision. If there's, I don't know, no way to align our people's actions, that may be a problem in our vision. If our vision isn't clear enough to where people could know if their actions are aligned, that could be a problem. So we need to think about that alignment, but think of it from a perspective of the vision is what drives your business. So to go to a next level with that, your vision should be the foundation of every decision being made in your business. So this becomes your new foundation, your filter to when we are making business decisions, does it align to our vision? If a choice that you could, you know, take and match your vision and and do this thing, then go ahead and do it. But if if you have a choice in front of you and your vision isn't aligned with this choice, then just to be straight, we shouldn't be doing it, right? If I've got a choice and I'm deciding to do something and it is against our vision or it goes the opposite direction from our vision, again, I need to be filtering those choices within my organization to align with my vision. And then new visions, when you create them, I just want to mention this here. You want to make sure you listen to the seven times concept episode, which is episode number seven. And you want to think about this in context of when you roll out a new vision as a leader, you cannot just say it once and expect it to take root and flourish, right? Just like growing a plant. You can't just water a plant once and then expect it to to flourish and, and thrive in its environment. It's going to need maintenance and constant watering over time to allow the development of those roots to take root and then for the plant itself to sprout and flourish. So in the seven times concept, we talk about how people need to hear in different ways, understand a new concept when it's presented to them. So if you roll out a new vision, you're going to want to layer out your reinforcement of communication of this vision in seven different places, seven, seven different methods or ways so that you give this new vision the water it needs to take root and the water that it needs to start to flourish and grow within your organization. And then the last part right here I'd say is, is new visions should always improve your company, but they should make improvements to a certain point incrementally. So you can absolutely create a vision that just 180 degrees changes your company, but you don't want to get in the habit of doing that every three to six months, for example, for an extreme example, right? 
Like I can't just constantly be flipping my business 180 degrees here, then 180 degrees back, then 180 degrees here, back and forth, or I create volatility in my company that isn't healthy. So I would encourage you when possible to think of your vision in 45 degree to 90 degree increments. How do we change our organization, let's say 90 degrees at a time, to get to the change we want to get to instead of just trying to change everything at once and expect it all to happen overnight. And I would just say be too aggressive in our vision. So remember, a vision is more of an arbitrary state or a picture. It's not a metric in and of itself. That's why there are metrics. Metrics are what we will use to judge or to verify the progress we're making towards our vision, but a metric in and of itself, make $2 million of profit is not a vision by itself. It's a metric that we would ask, why make $2 million in profit? Or ask even some questions around, what would you be doing or what would your company look like in order to generate $2 million of profit And that is your vision. And the $2 million is just your metric of verification that you're actually fulfilling your vision. Does that make sense? Please make sure that your vision is a better way to serve your clients. And it's not you just trying to copy someone else. Because we want to encourage you to think of ways to change for the better but especially not just to change yourselves, but what can you do to even start to make some change ripples within your industry and the impact that that can have on our society and on people in general and the legacy that leaves for you and your company. It's powerful. And man, that gets us excited. And if there's anything we can do to help you in that journey, please talk with your coach as you customize this content you're listening to here today and take it into that world, okay? So what does a vision statement sound like? Here's a couple examples of vision statements that I have seen or heard from some of our clients. Some of it could even be a mixture of some of the visions that we have written out for our organizations that I just want to use as an encouragement to you. You do not need to use these actual vision statement examples, obviously. It's not what I'm looking for you to do. I'm looking to help take this book context topic and turn it into real life so you can feel it, see it, touch it and think, okay, where does that lead me as to how we create our unique vision and our unique company? So I'm going to hit on all four of our industries here and just give a couple examples for each of visions that I've heard. So for the financial advisor industry, the first example I'll use was someone had written out, we are the place to go for financial advice and coaching in our community. Or you could insert right there the niche that you serve if it's more of a national virtual type structure, right? So it could be the community could be Bennett, Nebraska, or it could be for an industry like we serve the remodeling construction business owner market. And then they finished their vision statement with, by only taking on ideal clients, regardless of the size of their portfolio, 
because they will all start in a new coaching relationship with us. So we are the place to go for financial advice and coaching in our community of Bennett, Nebraska, let's say, for example, by only taking on ideal clients, regardless of the size of their portfolio, because they all start with a new coaching relationship with us. Example number two, we are going to reset all of our client relationships into our new omni-channel options for each client over the next five years without spooking any of our clients. I love that last part. Attract who will fit us and that we can serve best and be patient and okay with those who choose to leave. I think that's a really powerful one. And, and just knowing when I was working with that client, um, really, really cool how clear this is, but it's still an arbitrary state. There's going to be metrics around this to verify it. And they had a clear vision now of how they wanted to change their company. So let's switch to the youth sports industry now. And if, and if you are listening to this, obviously you're probably only in one of these industries, still listen to each of these visions because you might pick up on things happening in another industry that you could take and even innovate or apply to your industry. So the youth sports, example number one, a fixed predetermined club team system. So they were limiting the amount of teams that they have each year that they offer. And we are only here to serve our ideal clients who are looking for top basketball player development team experience, and client service in our surrounding area. Option number two for a youth sports. We serve kids at all skill levels within our club structure to give them all the best possible service that they could get at a youth age and at their skill level. We strive to make sure that bottom 10% doesn't adversely affect the quality we provide to our top 10%. So again, I think you can tell they know their business. They know where they need to go. There's their vision and they're even qualifying it on different sides. Again, what it's going to take to get there will change over the next five years. But this arbitrary state and focus of the vision gives them guidance in how they make business decisions. All right, let's go to the construction industry. Example here is to be the largest remodeler in the city of blank, who handles the largest revenue volume in the city by only taking on projects that are larger than $30,000. So again, each vision as you're listening has different styles. This one, they wanted to be very comparable to their peers and where they fit within the marketplace and for their unique situation and what mattered to them and for their minimum client level, this vision was something that really kind of took root and, and was something that made sense for their unique situation. And let's finish with the multi-business structure. I know some of you in on here own multiple businesses in a structure. And so here's an example of one that, that you can consider. How would you create this? But this will give you a real life example of what it can sound like. So we are the alternative best option for private founder started businesses to have a succession plan with us. Instead, 
of their options, which are currently to sell to either private equity, sell to an employee who doesn't have ownership skills or the financial position to purchase us, or to be acquired by a public company. We promise to make investments and add systems from our ecosystem to grow upon the founder's legacy in order to continue their company legacy as a private client and employee empathetic business model that is growing in its service to others. So that's a little bit longer one, but also when you're in multi-business structures, it's more complicated. And so their overall vision from their holding company parent level vision was that. So I hope this helped as you as you hear examples and you can re-listen to these examples of what a vision can sound like. This You can sound completely different than this and have a great vision. So don't look at these as this is the way it should sound. But hopefully this gives you some real life examples of ones that I have seen are very powerful and I've also seen have taken root within companies, real life, taken root, taken off, been a great visual vision for those companies. And so you can hear it in real life and think, how does this apply to me? What ideas can I gain from these that would help me? All right, let's switch gears now to passion statements. So what is a passion statement? How do I create it? What does it sound like? So commonly known as a mission statement out there, I prefer the word passion statement. That's what we call it at Advisor Game Plan because it should really exude your passion, your company's passion, you as an owner or founder's passion. That's where this comes to life and it's what you can blast from the mountaintop so everyone can hear it. So this is who we are to the public. And, and it can be still visionary of here's where we're going to the public, but it's the parts that the public in context of what they know about you could interpret and could understand. So what is the ultimate goal of your services and your products? I want you to think about that when you're putting together your passion statement. What is not just the goal, what is the ultimate goal of your services and your products? Sometimes it helps for us to step out and put ourselves in the client's point of view. So what gets your clients excited? What are they passionate about when it comes to your business services or products? And I know some of you say, oh, well, my clients aren't that passionate about what I do. Well, that's fine. But if they were going to have the most passionate part of what you do stated, what would it be? If you're really at a loss here and you don't know, I'd encourage you to consider surveying your clients. Or another option would be to create a client board of advisors where you can seek feedback from them and understand what does get your clients excited that you do. What do you do that gets you excited, but it doesn't really get your clients excited? Doesn't have that same effect. And then again, if you can get there, what are your clients passionate about when it comes to your services or products? So let's break this down now into how would you go about creating one, okay? So when you create a passion statement, I would encourage you to start with writing out some sentences around these questions that I gave you. And there's a worksheet on advisorgameplan.com. Under your client login, go to resources, 
and search for either your vision statement or your passion statement. And I think it's just a search under vision or passion when you do that. And you will find these worksheets that can help guide you through this process. But it's starting with writing out different statements around these questions that we just asked. And then bringing it together to where we don't have a book we're writing, right? We're trying to get this down to two or three sentences. You hopped in an elevator and somebody said, what is your company passionate about? Boom, you could hit it before you get to the fourth floor kind of thing. So think about it in that way. So I know now you want to hear. So what does it sound like? Give me some examples. How does this fit together? So let's work through each industry again and give you a couple examples of some that I've heard. Again, doesn't need to be the way yours sounds, but hopefully good or bad, you get some ideas or spark some ideas in your mind from listening to these. So here's a passion statement from the financial advisor industry. And it's one I've heard actually from multiple different businesses in slightly different ways, but it's really powerful and it's taken root in companies that are trying to work in this direction, which is we are the place to go for financial advice and coaching in our community. And again, that could be insert your niche, not necessarily a city as you start to develop that. So now let's switch over to the youth sports industry. And what would a passion statement example sound like there? We make players into professionals, whether that is pro sports or professionals at life, by providing innovative, holistic services to our players and parents around sports skills, physical skills, mental skills, and financial and business modeling. So now let's hit on the construction industry. We are the place to go for top quality remodeling and craftsmanship and the experience that our clients feel in our community. And then the last one, multi-business structures. And this is kind of a unique one, just wanted to give a, a, a different flavor to this. I've heard a version of this about in three different multi-business structures over my career. And it's something along the lines of, we believe in generosity and sharing with others the knowledge that we have gained and the business, basically they say, and the business knowledge that we can share with our community. And so that's what they get a, a kick out of. That's their passion. It doesn't mean there's not things that they charge for, that there isn't certain parts of it, or maybe it has some nonprofits mixed into it. There's a, there's a lot of different variations of how I've seen that play out. But the key is their passion is around the generosity that they give and what it is that they're trying to do through that process. I saw another multi-business structure, which was a passion statement that was very short, very direct, which was we give over a million dollars away every year to nonprofits. And then it, I think it said we exist to give. And that was their focus. So they were a for-profit business. Yes, they're still making a profit, but their goal was to be so far ahead. And they had metrics on this to support this statement to hit the right metrics to where they were always being able to give over a million dollars away every year to different nonprofit organizations that they were passionate about. They even had gone so far as hiring a full-time giving director that when you're trying to give away a million dollars a year and you're trying to do your due diligence to make sure each 
nonprofit you give to that they fit within your criteria that you want to give to them, man, it becomes a, it actually becomes a pretty big project is what they found. And so they have a whole system built around how they can execute that passion statement. So I I hope those examples help you. I hope as you reflect back on the call today, your feeling leaving this is that you have more confidence of how you could move forward to find your vision and passion statements so that you can help your organization align its action. We are here to help you. For more resources on the content we talked about today, head on over to advisorgameplan.com and click on the client login button at the top of the page. If you have questions, please contact your advisor game plan coach. And to keep access to this database of timeless podcast topics, feel free to subscribe to Thriving Leaders on your podcast app of choice since you have exclusive client access. Let's choose to be thriving leaders. See ya.